Welcome to the Whole Life Healing Podcast with Dr. Alexander Lloyd, best-selling author and founder of the Revolutionary Healing Codes Technique. Each week, Dr. Alex shares principles and methods from psychology, energy medicine, natural medicine, and spirituality to help you reduce stress, heal emotional and physical issues, and remove the barriers that hold you back from happiness and success. Join us as we learn to live our happiest, healthiest, and most successful lives. Here's Dr. Alex. Hi, Dr. Alex here. If you like the show today or any day, I would love it if you took about 10 seconds to go to iTunes and leave a review for the show. I've been doing this for about 14 years now, and I spend hundreds of hours every year in preparation and recording the show. And if you like it, if it's worth your time, if you think it might benefit others, I would love it if you could leave a review to recommend to your friends or just recommend it to your friends that could benefit from listening to the show. Thank you so very much. Since we are going to be talking about issues of health and well-being, we wanted to make sure that you understand that this information is not intended to cure or heal anything. Everything in the presentations is the opinion of Alex Lloyd. You should always check with a licensed healthcare provider about any specific health concern you may have. Hi, I'm Dr. Alex Lloyd and welcome to Deep Water. Um, I've been doing counseling, therapy, coaching for over 30 years. Uh, with one person at a time, with groups. Uh, then I started a practice out of my basement with very little time, with very little money, and no advertising ever. And according to my publishers, Random House and Hachette, that practice over 20 years became the largest practice in the world, with clients in 50 states, 174 countries, uh, trained over a thousand practitioners medical doctors, psychologists, psychiatrists, social workers, coaches, ministers, teachers, to work with those uh, people from all over the world in all those different countries, etc. And one of my specialties from the time I started was relationships. Because I believe that's where the rubber meets the road. If your relationships are great, for the most part, your life is going to be really good or even great. If your relationships are bad, your life is not going to be great and uh, you're going to struggle. Uh, a few years ago, I was in an airport in Europe and picked up a USA Today and on the front page, and I should have brought this in with me, I have the newspaper in my office, but on the front page, um, not on the front page of a section, on the front page of the entire USA Today, was an article about a new study. And they very rarely put those on the front page of USA Today, maybe on the front page of the Life section or something like that. But this was on the front page, front page, which I'd rarely seen for a study. But then I understood when I read the study, because what the study found, and it was very well done, uh, published in a peer-reviewed journal out of, I believe, Denmark, uh, involving tens of thousands of subjects over many years. And um, what they found is that if your relationships are conflicted, you have a 300% greater chance 
to contract an illness or disease and die by middle age. Flip that upside down, and if your relationships are harmonious and really good, you have a 300% greater chance to not get an illness or disease and to live happy and healthy to old age. Well, I've been reading studies like that for decades, and I've never seen one factor make a 300% difference. I mean, typically, 20% is a big deal. 50% is crazy. 100% is unheard of. 300%. And I think I know why. Because I've never seen a relationship problem where there was not a communication problem, or, I'll go a little farther, a misunderstanding between two people, or, or maybe more than two. Um, typically, it is a chicken or the egg thing a lot of the time. Well, I only did this because you did that. But then that person says, yeah, but I only did that because you did that. And you never get to the original chicken or the egg. I mean, it, that'll go on forever with those people, typically. Now, every once in a while, someone will fess up, okay, okay, yeah, you're right, I started it. But behind almost all relationship issues, and that would mean health issues because that 300% study is a misunderstanding between people, okay? and. I share that because of the topic I want to talk about, or, or at least a discussion starter on this topic today, and that is protest, which, goodness gracious, are bigger in the world today than they have ever been by far. And more protest over more things, more anger, more passion, more uh, violence, more whatever. And it makes me wonder if a lot of it, not all of it, but if a lot of that boils down to a miscommunication and a misunderstanding, where people are not understanding the intention of the other people, they're misunderstanding it, and it's causing them to go to anger or hatred or fear or stress, whatever. All right, so in the United States of America, protests are protected by the First Amendment. And a protest is defined as the right to express your opinion without government censorship. Now, there's limits to that, okay? You're not supposed to do a protest that takes away someone else's freedom or freedom of speech, okay? Uh, you're not supposed to do protest that... Um, infringe on the um, rights of another person, any other person in the United States, okay? So, yes, you have First Amendment right to freedom of speech, to express your opinion, but there are limits to that. You can't uh, threaten the president. That's a crime. Um, you can't uh, say things about someone that are just simply not true to ruin their reputation or whatever. You can't go up to someone at a restaurant and start letting them have it verbally. 
they have the right to that peace and quiet when they're out in public, things like that. You can't go up to somebody's house and start throwing eggs at them and, you know. So the First Amendment only goes so far, but it, it, the intention is, I believe, wonderful. The right to express your opinion and dissent without government censorship. And one of the most obvious things related to that recently and still going on is uh, the United States flag and the anthem, the national anthem of the United States, okay? And this started, uh, or at least the latest version of it, I believe, started a number of years ago with Colin Kaepernick in the NFL, who, when the, um, the anthem was played and the flag brought out, went to his knees, um, he said he was doing it to protest what some policemen did in a certain city related to someone that he knew or, or that he cared about, okay? Or that wasn't justified or right, all right? So he did that. And then it was incredible when he did it and after because it's almost like 50% of Americans thought it was the most wonderful thing they'd ever seen. 50% of Americans thought it was the most terrible thing they'd ever seen. So, which is true? I think probably neither one. It's a miscommunication. It's a misunderstanding, I believe. Um, it was interesting to me recently, uh, the, um, the Olympics are coming up this summer, and uh, and leading up to that is the Euro huge soccer tournament, okay, with England and Spain and all those, the best soccer teams, football teams in the world, all going at it for several months uh, before the Olympics. But winning the Euro is a big, huge deal. And a few years ago, watching the World Cup, that's another big, huge deal. But an interesting thing about that is I've watched some of it is in every single game I've seen where before the game the players come out, shake hands, uh, whatever, then they line up in a line and then they play one team's national anthem and fly their flag and then after that they play the other team's national anthem and fly their flag. Well, the interesting thing about that to me is that Virtually every single country that I have seen, anyway, when they played their national anthem and, and their flag, the players are singing that national anthem like their life depends on it. I mean with passion and gusto and the coaches are and the fans are and they're jumping up and down and cheering and you can you can tell they're proud of their country they're proud of their land and their people and the beauty and things that are unique to home for them okay um well that's interesting to me because i have been to a number of those countries where I have seen the um, before game anthem with that country's players, where they 
sang very passionately and some of them will have tears in their eyes. Some of them will cry. And these are men, okay? Um, but what's interesting is I know for a fact that many of those countries that are participating in that tournament and their players are singing with such love and gusto have corrupt governments. Governments where the politicians are corrupt, where it's not fair, it's not equitable, it, 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 it is harming some people and protecting other people it should not be protecting, etc. I've been in several South American countries where that was the case. I've been in several European countries where that was the case. And I know it was the case. I talked to people, politicians, uh, people in the know there, all right? So what is the difference? What is the, how come these other countries, even though they have things that are um, inequitable and corrupt by their government and the politicians who run their government, how come the players and fans from those countries don't protest their flag and their anthem, but at least some, in some cases a lot, of the players from the United States do protest their anthem and their flag? Um, I don't know the answer to that, okay? Um, maybe in the U.S., we have gotten it wrong. Maybe the flag and anthem stand for the land and the people of America. Um, Wisconsin and Tennessee and Florida and Texas and New York and California, Arizona and the Grand Canyon and uh, the Rocky Mountains and the uh, magnificence of the New York skyline and the Freedom Tower and the Statue of Liberty and, you know, all these wonderful, beautiful, majestic things, okay? Um, maybe we should not be protesting the thing that represents the land and the people. And at least as best I can tell, from the very start, that's what the anthem and the flag were meant to portray. Not the government, not the politicians, not even the president. The land and the people. Okay? Well, I, I can only speak for me, but I don't ever want to protest the land and the people of the United States of America. I love America, faults and all. There's not another country I would prefer to live in, and I've been in a lot of them. Um, and the people, everywhere I go in America, wonderful, wonderful people. Now, I know that's there's some turkeys too, but, uh, but they're part of America too. Always have been, okay? So, um, I love the land of America and the people of America, okay? And part of that is I love the people who disagree with me in America, in America 
okay? Now, I'm not a Republican or Democrat, but what that would mean is if I was a Republican, I would still love and respect the Democrats, and if I was a Democrat, I would still love and respect the Republicans. And they say that all the time in, in the United States government, all right? They call it nonpartisanship. But behind the scenes, it seems like things are anything but nonpartisan. I remember reading an article from a brand new senator, first term senator, who went to Washington. It had been his lifelong dream. And after he'd been there six months or a year, he did an interview where he said, I'm just so disillusioned because um, I came here wanting to do good. I love America. I love the land. I love the people. And this government, I don't know anything else to say except it's a snake pit. And it's, I had no idea. All right? Um, well, yeah, that may be the case. But Alex, I don't want to protest the land and the people because of the corruption and inequity of our government, politicians, leaders. To me, those are two different things, okay? That flag and anthem were the same ones of Abraham Lincoln. They were the same ones of uh, Jimmy Carter, Ronald Reagan, John F. Kennedy, and on and on and on. Some of the most wonderful, world-changing people we've ever known, all right? Well, I would never want to protest John F. Kennedy, all right? But am I doing that in a sense? No, no, I'm sorry. I'm, I, you'll need to change that, Santo. Um, the politicians come and the politicians go. Some are, some are wonderful. Some are just there for a job. Some are self-centered and it's all about them That's always been true, and it probably always will be true, all right? And yes, I would for sure um, support protesting individuals and government groups, whatever, if they are corrupt and uh, creating an inequitable situation in the United States, all right? But I'm not sure that protesting the symbols of the land and the people are the right way to do that. All right? Um, But on the other hand, as I try to look at things from different angles, maybe the U.S. and America is on a higher plane. Maybe, Maybe some of these other countries that are corrupt they just kind of resigned themselves to, okay, yeah, it's going to be corrupt. Uh, I, I mean, I've been in some of those countries talking to politicians um, where they have told me corruption has infiltrated every single level, city, province, area of this country. In order to get anything you want, it, you've got a bribe, you've got a, you know, it's power, control, money. You know, that sort of thing, all right? I've been to a number of those countries where that's the way it is. But the people of the country, 
while they may protest that, and, it, and, and maybe sometimes there's even violent outbursts related to that, they still tend to support the land and the people of the country. Now, maybe we're on a higher plane in the U.S. and we're not resigned to it. We're, hey, there's inequity, inequity here and corruption and we are not okay with that and we are going to fight to stamp that out as best we can and whether it's protesting the flag, the anthem, or anything else, we have just got to draw attention to this in order for there to be change. Maybe that's the situation in America. Or maybe there's some of both. Maybe, maybe there's some people, protesters, who, yeah, they don't mind uh, standing up against America as a land and the average people of America. I mean, I'm sure there are some of those, all right? But I believe there's others who that is not true. They're trying to do a First Amendment protest as it was intended to bring attention and hopefully change, but not to belittle the land itself and the people. Okay? So which do you think it is? Which camp are you in? Are you... Um, angry and hating people because they have a different opinion of yourself? Or are you wanting equity and what's right for everyone, not just what's best for you? And we talked about this a few weeks ago in Deep Water. Um, do you want what's best for everyone or just what's best for you? And I think that's kind of where this comes down. Um, I think one of the possible reasons that America's a little different in some of these regards, we're the melting pot, right? The Statue of Liberty, bring us your poor, your tired, your, you know, hungry. Uh, my uncle, my, my grandfather came from Germany on a boat to the U.S. for freedom. The pilgrims came here for freedom, all right? But we're the melting pot. There's people from all over, and some people were brought here against their will, right? So they could for sure have a different opinion of this place, brought here against their will. So which of those is it? Or is it all of them? And the spiritual principle that I kind of come down to on this, to, uh, to consider is I think if it would it would it help if when we want to protest something we make it really clear what we're protesting. In other words, when Colin Kaepernick took that knee, the thing that a lot of people seem to be angry about is they thought he was protesting um, the flag or the national anthem. All right. It seems to me, from what I can tell. He was just using that to get attention. What he was protesting was these police who were um, corrupt in their treatment of, of black Americans. Okay? Well, 
I, I'm not criticizing Colin Kaepernick. I think what he did took a, a lot of guts, and, and I accept that he was doing it from the heart because he cared about those people and he wanted things to be right. But was it confusing to a lot of Americans? I think it was. Would it have helped if uh, Colin had held up a little sign or something? Or, or if in the interview he had said, now I want to make something clear. I love America and I love Americans. I'm protesting these policemen because I believe what they did was corrupt and not what America is founded on. And um, I think if he had done something like that, and maybe he did, and I just haven't been able to find it, but I think if he and the people that followed him had done that and made it very, very clear, we're not against the people, we're not the, just the average people. We're not against the farmers. We're not against the accountants. We're not against the ditch diggers. We're not against, we're not against the land. We don't want to leave this place. We want it to be the best it can possibly be. And we want it to be what those founding fathers with those and all those amendments were made into law in order to try to ensure, which is that the inequity and corruption would be rooted out and done away with if we followed the Constitution and the rules and laws and the spirit of those rules and laws of America. Okay? Um, that's my two cents. So I am for protesting. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and so is the Constitution. As long as you do it the right way, all right? But do we need to make sure that people understand exactly what we're protesting and what we're not uh, for the sake of clear communication and our relationships with each other, not just within our own family, but within our city, within our country, can be harmonious not conflicting. Because the difference is disease and death by middle age versus happy and healthy to old age. So, protest, absolutely. But let's protest in a way that it's clearly understood and that it is for the best America for everyone not just my group or a certain group, or getting revenge on someone for, or, or a group for something done in the past. So, um, if you were going to protest something, what would you protest today? And how would you do it? And can you do that in truth and love with clear communication and your intent being what's best for all, not just myself. I think if we can all move in that direction, then maybe these protests can turn into, as the amendment's intention, the best America possible, even if we go through pain to get there, which we are right now. And one of the things that 
um, touches me in a good way sometimes, in a negative way sometimes about this, is our soldiers and our military who are putting their lives on the line, uh, most of them voluntarily these days, and then um, what they believe, some of them, what they are putting their life on the line for is being protested in a way that is not what is best, that is not um, helpful, that is belittling the sacrifice, maybe, that they are um, willing to give in their life, which could be the ultimate sacrifice, meaning to give their life, so that we can continue to have freedom in America. It, it does. I have to say, it hurts me when I see those guys uh, interviewed or, or responding and, and they're saying how some, not all, some of the protests they're in complete agreement with, but some of them hurt them um, in their heart because of the sacrifice they are making for all Americans, even those that are doing the protests maybe that are not being done in the most constructive way. So um, 100% I would say let's love, support, be grateful, make sure our, our uh, men and women in the military know how much we appreciate them uh, and, and support them and love them for what they're doing for us all. Thanks so much and have a wonderful blessed day.